What's going on, people? It's your boy Kelechi, and we're back with another episode of the Rambling Mind Podcast. How y'all doing today? It's almost the weekend. I hope y'all had a great week so far, and I hope y'all are gonna be doing something fun and something exciting this weekend. Before we get into anything, I just want to say a happy birthday to my best friend, whose birthday is today. Shout out to him. Met him in college, became so close, but anyway. Happy birthday to him. Happy birthday to one of my close friends who I call an auntie, but she's not really an auntie, but she's only like two years older than me. But you know how there are some people in your life that you just become close to and they just represent something and you know, you start making fun of them at first, but then now the name just sticks. Well, that's her. So shout out to her and her birthday is today. And shout out to my older sister. Oh, shout out to her. Her birthday is going to be on Friday. I hope she does something wonderful. I hope she does something fun. It's going to be a good, good day. This, this, the month of October, especially this week in October for me is like major, like it's a major week for us. In my family, my parents' anniversary is on the 20th, which is crazy. And my sister's birthday is coming up in, uh, on Friday. And then my best friend's birthday is today. And then, uh, and then I also have, birthday of one of my friends on Sunday, no, on Saturday, my bad, on Saturday, 19th is Saturday, so the month of October is just like back to back to back to back, everybody is just celebrating, something is going down, it's just a month of celebration for me, and I, I just, it's a good thing, it's good to celebrate, it's good to celebrate those people, let them know they're important to you, and I'm just gonna be making a whole lot of phone calls this week, it's gonna be a whole lot of phone calls. A little bit of money will be spent because, you know, people are precious and some of the one way you can show that you love somebody is, you know, slide that card a little bit, you know, just give them something nice, make them feel appreciated, make them feel special because it is their day, you know, it's their day, it's, it's a good time, it's a good time. So anyway, moving on from that, before we move into anything, I'll just say happy birthday to them, every single one of them, from my best friend Wes, to my auntie Boomy, to Ooch. Uh, to Mary, to my mama and dad, and my dad, happy anniversary! Shout out to them. If not for them, you won't be hearing my beautiful voice on this microphone. I'm just saying. But yeah, shout out to them and shout out to all that they do. And I just thank God for each and every single one of them for God even allowing them to have another year to live and to celebrate and just to enjoy life, taking it one day at a time. Shout out to my mom and my dad and just God keeping them together this long, seeing them through, providing for us and our family through the ups and the down, through the, everything that we've been through. I just thank God for just their marriage and their bond and all that he, he has done through them and for all the other people that he's helped through them. But yeah, so shout out to them. Shout out to them. Anyway, let's get into the topics for this week enough about the best birthdays let's talk about some stuff that's going on in the business world and this week all eyes are on big banks this week it's all about the big banks so they're supposed to be announcing their third quarter earnings this week and when i say big banks i'm talking about banks like jp morgan wells fargo Citibank, bank of america and goldman sachs those mega banks like the really really big banks and all eyes are on them because this is one way for us to tell how the broader e- economy is doing, how businesses are re- 
uh, are responding to some of the macro changes, whether it's in trade, are they still borrowing money as much as they can, or are they no longer borrowing money? And also we see how the interest cuts that uh, Jerome Powell has been making, how is that going to affect the banks? And a lot of, uh, so far, a lot of predictions have been negative. Um, a lot of the predictions that a lot of people are worried that things like investing in different IPOs, we all know about how the IPOs have failed with WeWork, Uber, Smile Direct Club, Lyft, all these different companies have kind of failed in their, in their IPO. And so we're, everybody's kind of worried about what exactly is going to happen with the banks. There's a lot of predictions. Before the banks were uh, were uh, going to announce their earnings, a lot of the predictions were saying that the banks were just going to report negative earnings for the third quarter. Well, the banks saw this and said, who you think we are? It's like when everybody thought Tom Brady was going to suck after he turned 40 years old and everybody was like, well, Tom Brady's going to be terrible. And then what did Tom Brady do? He came out like gangbusters and won another Super Bowl just to tell everybody you can shove your opinions where the sun don't shine because I'm still good up in this league and I'm still an MVP quality player and I'm still going to be winning these Super Bowls. Well, the banks basically did the same thing. They came out and they just rocked the whole world. Like nobody expected them to come out with good earnings. So for example, JP Morgan posted a seventh straight quarter, a seventh straight quarter of positive profit. That's like ridiculous. Like that's, this doesn't happen regularly. And they are the main star of the reports that have come out so far. JP Morgan is just shining really bright. On the other hand, Goldman Sachs, they still did good, but not as good as they should have. And they, they had some losses. I think they lost over $200 million due to their investment in Uber. And as we all know, Uber is not very profitable right now. And so that's one of the reasons they had a loss. But they also made, I think it was like over $6 billion in the last quarter. Even with the whole removing and taking away, making their, their commissions like we talked about I think it was a couple weeks ago, taking away their commissions and making it $0 on the commissions to make free trading. They still made a boatload of money, but the expectation is for that to come down later because that hasn't really kicked in fully. Now, there were some negative Nancy's in this whole report, and that goes to Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo didn't report that good of an earnings report. They still had a decent earnings report, but one of the things that brought down their earnings report is the fact that they've been in a lot of litigations recently. As we all know, with the whole getting people to create fake accounts, a lot of banking managers creating all these fake accounts and get making all these loans and using fake names and all that stuff that we've known about Wells Fargo since, I believe it was, what was it, 2017 or 2018 that they went through that whole investigation thing and they got caught creating all those fake accounts. So anyway, they're still going through the litigation. They just had a new CEO get into into power and all that good stuff. So they're still facing that. So their earnings, it's going to be a while before we see Wells Fargo get to the place where they need to be. But overall, the banks are basically telling the world, sit down, shut up, and let us show you who exactly runs this thing. Because they're really showing us that even though the rate cuts, even though the Fed reduced interest rates again, they didn't really like back down that much. They still made more money. But however, economists are saying this is just a temporary thing. This is kind of like a bubble before it bursts completely because the the goal is that everyone still believes that Jerome Powell is going to cut interest rates again later on this year. So the expectation is that banks, when we come around the new year and we're looking at the fourth quarter earnings, it may not look as good as it does now. But right now, banks are standing tall. 
the stock exchange market is really happy um the dow jones shot up over 200 points on the new on all these banks earnings reports so everything right now just like last week where it felt like everything was given a negative uh direction but then for some reason though a lot of people are still reporting positive growths which is just helping the stock market go up and up and up but at some point and the thing is like everybody is still waiting for that second shoe to drop Everybody is just like, what exactly is going to happen? Like, it doesn't really make sense that we're seeing these signs, but yet we're not seeing the downturn that we expect. How are these companies still doing it? Now, part of that is some companies are just coming. Some businesses are just coming back home trying to stockpile. So there's a skyrocket and booming in that area. And, but on the other hand, it's going to come turn back around where that boom is going to go down eventually. So. We'll see what happens. We'll keep an eye on it. And hopefully we can see, keep seeing this growth. But as they say, what goes up must come down. So we'll see how this whole thing plays out. So for the rest of this podcast today, it's basically going to be a lot of tech news. Because there's been a lot of tech news that's been announced. But let's start off with Apple. And Apple is finally understanding that price matters. A lot of people say, well, you can buy whatever you want, which is true. But at the end of the day, if you give a good product for a good price, people are going to flock to it. So one of the problems with Apple and why Apple isn't selling that many phones is a lot of people are still on the iPhone 6. I think it's over 51% of iPhone users or was it 51? Yeah, just about 51% of iPhone users are still using an iPhone 6. Which is crazy with all the new iPhones that have come out since this iPhone 6. You've had the iPhone 7, you've had the iPhone 8, you've had the iPhone 10, you had the 10s, you've had the 10R, you have the 11 that just came out this year, you have the 11 Pro, but people are not changing their iPhones from that iPhone 6. In fact, you even had the, did we have the 6s? No, we didn't have the 6s. But people are just choosing not to change from that phone, and Apple is finally realizing, okay, we have to do something and figure out a way for us to still be able to make money off of these people that don't want to switch out from using the iPhones. Now, if I don't know if y'all remember the iPhone SE. It was a really good phone. Like the iPhone SE had the form factor of the iPhone 5, but it had the internals of the iPhone 6. And so it was and it was also cheaper. It cost about $399. So it was a good entry level iPhone for a lot of people to buy instead of buying the more expensive iPhone. And so Apple by uh, some leaks that have come out from a guy, his name is Ming Chi Kuo. He's like the number one Apple leaker. He makes predictions that whatever predictions it makes most of the time comes to pass. And so he's predicting that early next year around the spring season, Apple is going to launch a new smartphone, another iPhone SE, an iPhone SE 2, and it will cost $399, and it will have the form factor of the iPhone 6 using the internals and most of the parts from the iPhone 8, meaning that Apple doesn't have to put too much cost behind it. They can repurpose and reuse the parts from iPhone 8 and iPhone 6 to just be able to sell those parts to people with new internals using that same form factor that a lot of people seem to love. And so it's just showing how much the pricing really matters. A lot of people think, oh, you can just like iPhone. It doesn't matter as long as it's iPhone, people won't buy it. But as we're seeing nowadays, there's a reason why the iPhone 11 currently is like, I I believe I mentioned it here. The iPhone 11 is the best selling iPhone, just like last year, best selling iPhone for this between the iPhone 11 and 11 Pro. Even last year, the 10R and the 10S, the 10R sold 
way more like worlds apart from the 10s people really bought the 10r because of the pricing and then apple saw that and even dropped the price more this year with the 11 as the entry-level iphone and people are flocking to it the iphone 11 there was actually an uptick in the number of uh, iphones sold this year because of the iphone 11's pricing and with apple seeing that they're going back to the drawing board and they're releasing a cheaper phone and I believe that this will clear the barrier that holds people back from buying iPhones. If people are buying iPhone, are going to buy the, any iPhone and they're looking at the budget iPhone, which one am I going to get? Which one do I need? And they keep saying how expensive the regular iPhones are. People are just not going to buy it. But now if the iPhone SE comes out, it's going to blow every other. I'm going to say it right now because Apple doesn't do anything half hearted. They're going to have good internals. They're going to have a good enough camera and they're going to have a good enough screen to where everyone is. People are going to flock it. And I believe that thing is going to sell crazy amounts of units, a crazy amount. And it's also going to penetrate countries like India, where it's been extremely hard for Apple to be competitive in that market because it costs way too much to buy an iPhone in that market. Because one of the interesting things that I started noticing and one of the stats that I saw that was interesting that I didn't even know that in the world, 80% of smartphone users use Android. That's not that uncommon. That makes sense. But the one that really caught my eye was even in the United States where I thought Apple dominated sales of smartphones. You would believe Apple dominates sales of smartphones in the United States. Apple only has 49% of the market. I thought Apple had over 50% of over 60% of the market in the United States but it seems like that number has been going down year over year where Android phones have been coming out with more competitive devices the Samsung phones have been really competitive OnePlus has made phones that are super competitive because of the pricing of OnePlus phones uh, you have the Pixel phones that have been coming out with great cameras that really make it more competitive against the iPhones and then all these phones have been coming out where after they release the prices drop I'm tired of this old iPhone it doesn't really do anything new it's the same thing over and over and over again the design is just the same they're not doing anything innovative so people switch from that and go over to android phone which i kind of enjoy because you know it's interesting so it's interesting that apple which once once upon a time dominated the market in the united states all of a sudden only has 49 percent of the market now that's still pretty big that's still pretty huge but it's just interesting to note i never knew this that apple is no longer the dominating dominating smartphone use in the united states you would think it is with the way everything commercials you see with the businesses that use it with all these different things that use iphones it's interesting to note that iphones are no longer the the dominating uh market for smartphones in the united states but then again if you look at the breakdown of like if you compare iphones to samsung phones to google phones to all this stuff apple still dominates because 49 percent is still bigger than the subsections of all the different uh, uh android phones but however android dominates more of the market as a whole and one of the reasons for that is just the different pricing points that android has there's so many different levels when it comes to android prices and these are decent android phones at different prices so if iphone can release this iphone se next year i think it will blow everything out of the water and it will really give apple that leg up that they've been needing to be able to help up to the dominance that they've been looking for this art also shows that apple is finally moving a little bit more and more away from the hardware business and it's taking the page out of amazon and on google's playbook they're finally you can see them now finally switching away 
from hardware and switching more and more into software. So one of the things that Amazon and Google do so well is, well, in the past, Google used to do this really well, but then they've been doing nonsense now. But in the past, Google would sell you cheap, like really good, but really cheap Android phones with the Nexus platform that they had before they started doing this Pixel stuff. They would sell you those uh, Android phones to get that into your hands so that you use their Google services, such as Gmail, YouTube, all these services to put it in your hand to get people to use it. It's a cost-effective platform, and the phone itself was also good. So it was an easy way to get people to into your ecosystem. Amazon does, does the same thing like we've been talking about how they put Alexa into all the things, literally into everything, just to get people to buy into their ecosystem. And they were selling the uh, Echo Dots and Echo Shows and all this stuff for a super like negative price, basically, just so they can get it into people's homes, get it into people's hands, to make sure people are going into their ecosystem. Well, Apple is finally starting to move in that direction. Apple, that's why they're releasing this iPhone. It makes sense for them to start releasing cheaper devices, make cheaper products and put it into people's hands. And so I'm predicting, I'm making a prediction that we're going to see a cheaper Apple HomePod because that HomePod is trash. First of all, the, 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 the HomePod that they released, what was it? About a year or so ago was just not two years ago, two years ago. It was just not good. It was too expensive. Serious trash and doesn't live up to either Alexa or Google Google Assistant. It just doesn't compare. Siri just doesn't compare to it. But then, so and it was super expensive. So nobody was gonna buy a HomePod for $400. It was just way too expensive. On the hand, other hand, you had Echoes and Google Homes that were just coming out at $40, $30, $20, all kinds of crazy price points just to get it into people's homes. And Apple is finally making that switch. We're seeing that with them reducing the price on that iPhone 11 and them even thinking about releasing this iPhone SE 2 it just shows that Apple is starting to make that switch over into more of the software business. As we know, Apple sales and hardware has been going, or year over year has been going down, and their software sales has been rising up and up, especially with them trying to sell more in the software industry with Apple TV, with Apple News, with Apple Arcade, with all this other Apple Music, all these services that they're trying to offer to be to switch from a hardware-focused business to more of a software-focused business. And as they continue to make that switch, we're going to see them start reducing prices a little bit more and more and more. At least that's my hope for it. So I, I expect them to announce more devices that are a little bit cheaper, but not devices that are too cheap to take away from the Apple luxury brand image, because that's another thing that keeps Apple in their pocket is Apple is seen as a luxury brand. So it's hard for a luxury brand to make more budget items. They have to they have to find a way to rephrase it, not to make their brand lose its value. Because one of the reasons Apple does what Apple can do is the fact that it has that branding of being Apple, of being able to stand out, of people saying, oh, look, I bought an iPhone. Look at the badge. It means that I'm doing something. Or people buying an AirPod and thinking, oh, yeah, I have an AirPod. It means I spent a little bit of money. It makes me look da-da-da-da-da, this, that, and the other, you know? So it makes people just stand out more. And they don't want to ever lose that branding because if Apple loses that branding, they lose a whole lot more than just uh, product sales. They lose the whole value that the company has, which by the way, Apple just crossed the 1 trillion line again. And now they're the most valuable, valuable company. Once again, they have passed Microsoft as the most valuable company. And part of that was due to this news that just came out about the iPhone SE with, um, 
investors looking at this news and saying, this is what we've been waiting for. With the lagging sales that you've been having, this is what we've been looking for. Something to juice your sales, something to spark the sales and get us back in line with what we've been wanting from you. And so it made investors happy. And when investors are happy, your stock price goes up and everything looks to be on the up and up. So that's just good news from Apple. I'm looking forward to that iPhone SE. I'm looking forward to the 2020 iPhones because the iPhones this year, although they were decent, I just didn't think they were everything they were needed to be. The iPhone 11 itself was decent, it was good, but there was a whole lot of other things that I wish they had put on there. Speaking of new releases, Google had their Made by Google event on Tuesday, and I just have to say this. Remember when I came on here and I was talking about the Apple event and just how their presentation is A1? Like how Apple's presentation and even Microsoft, when they did their presentation, those two, they just like, they made it fun. They made it interesting. They made you enticed by it. They made your heart race. They made you excited to be part of it. Well, Google had their event and I can, the whole Google event, the only way I can, I can say it is Google is still very much a nerd company. It's still very much a nerd company. It's not a... The, watching the event, it was just not as entertaining as when I watched Apple's event or when I went, I watched Microsoft's event. Microsoft's event was exciting. It was fun. It was playful. Uh, Apple's event was crisp. It was clean. They held your attention very well. They kept you wanting more from them. It kept your focus right on them. Google's event was so nerdy. They kept on using, for people who don't, care about stuff like algorithm or care about computer learning or care about photographic computer all this stuff like it just they just kept on throwing out these buzzwords and throwing out these words that people really don't care about the event is meant to hype up your products not meant to tell us all the stuff that you did behind the scenes of the product just hype the products make us excited to want to use your product and it's something that google has to learn google has to learn how to put on an event they just did not make it fun at all it just was just it was just not fun it was just like, oh, okay, cool, another presentation. Oh, they announced something, yay, yay, okay, just show us the product. Okay, now you're talking about the product. Oh, it has machine learning. Oh, really? Oh, com computational photography. Oh, that's great. Oh, yay, yay, that's fun, yay. And that's literally how the event was. It was just like, nobody was like getting hyped. Nobody was clapping. It was just nothing like that. It was just like, obligatory clap because somebody is walking on the stage or somebody's walking off the stage it just was there was nothing in it that made people go ooh, or people go oh my gosh ah that's incredible that's interesting now that's what we want to see more there was nothing of that sort in the whole event it just had that lackluster part of it and that's another reason why the products that google keeps making although they can be great but they're holding themselves back because of the way that they present these products. Part of the thing that sells products in this day and age is all about attitude. It's all about the way you present yourself on it. It's all about the way you put yourself forward. If, for example, people are not don't go to Chick-fil-A just because it's Chick-fil-A, just because they have good food. It's all about the presentation. It's all about the service that surrounds Chick-fil-A. It's all about everything other than the food that goes along with Chick-fil-A. And that's why people love Chick-fil-A. And Google has to capture that. Google has to either do one of two things. 
If they're going more and more into the mainstream, they have to leave their nerdism behind. They have to abandon the nerdism and focus more on what people love in the mainstream. And that does not mean just bringing on a bunch of celebrities. No, that's not the goal. That's not how you handle that. You play it in a different way. What is the things people want to look at? What are the things that excite people? How is it that we can present this thing in such an atmosphere that gets people excited about what you're talking about? Tell more jokes. Don't do the don't do a trash joke. Like some of the jokes is like hard laughter. People are trying to it's just no better jokes. Play jokes on yourself. Come to the event and be a part of the show. Don't just be out there like, oh, we did this, and you know, one plus one equals two, and two plus it's like ah, ain't nobody care about math. I mean the, the amount of time they talked about math. They talked to it's tech, man. Make me excited. I love tech. I want to see more about the tech. Talk about the tech. Present it in such a fashion that I get excited to listen to you talk about it. But after I watched the event, the tech was just like, eh, cool, you announced some new products, okay? You could have literally just posted this on your store and sent out a tweet and everybody would have kept it moving instead of wasting our time watching your event because your event was boring. It was so boring. (sighs) Anyway, sorry about the rant. So Google had their made for made by Google event <clears throat> and they announced a few things. So the first thing they announced was a new Chromebook unlike the last Chromebook that they announced that cost way too much money. The last Pixel book that cost a thousand dollars for a Chromebook. It ain't a lot. It ain't a Windows PC for a Chromebook. Who you think is going to spend a thousand dollars on a Chromebook? Well, this one wasn't as expensive, but it's still expensive. Ain't nobody going to buy it. It's the same problem with Google. Google, Google, Google. Y'all need to go talk with an econo- economist about your pricing structure. Because y- what are y'all doing? I was just bragging on y'all a few seconds ago, talking about how you make cheap products to invade everybody's home, to get it into everybody's hand. And then you're out here announcing Chromebooks for $650. What you doing? Ain't nobody going to buy a $650 Chromebooks when you can get the same thing for $150 or $300. Like, come on, man. Come on, Google. Know your market. Know your market. Stop trying to overdo things. Just know your market. Know your role and stay in it. You can venture off every once in a while, but don't overdo this thing. Like, come on. Google is one of those companies that I really appreciate because they tend to take risks. They're not like most companies that don't take too many risks. They tend to take risks with their products and they tend to take risks with software. I appreciate that. But come on. Man, I just, lately, I've just been losing faith in Google. I'm just going to be, I've been just, with some of the stuff, some of the moves that they, they've been making, it's just like, why? Come on. Y'all can do so much better. Come on. But anyway, moving on from there, Google also announced some new home minis, which, hold up, they changed the name from Google Homes to Google Nest. So they're really, really trying to integrate the Nest products into the Google products, which is a very smart move. It's really, really trying to go after the ring service that Amazon has and be that home security, integrate everything more and more into their Nest products. If you don't know what Nest is, Nest started out as this smart thermostat, but now it's your it has a smart door lock it has a smart camera it has all this other stuff with it and google is trying to put that face more and more and more out there so more and more people know about the nest product the next nest group of products so they announced a new google home nest mini 
or Google Nest Mini, not Google Home Nest Mini, Google Nest Mini, which should have a better sound. It should understand you better now. And also, one of the, one of the things they did, they have a new chip where they put into the, the Google Nest Mini. It's going to take me a while to get used to saying that where it can actually like it doesn't need to always talk to the server the google server but it can hold a conversation right there with you and carry that conversation on so it can just it doesn't have to pause you don't have to pause for it to think go back to the server then come back but everything can be done right there with the not everything but most things easy control simple controls like google turn on the light or google do this google like simple controls like that can be done right on the Google Nest Mini without you having to wait for it to connect to the server and then get the answer back and then do what it needs to do. They also announced a new Nest Wi-Fi, Google Nest Wi-Fi, which this one is pretty cool. What they did was they took a, uh, they took a router and then they took a Google Home and connected it. So it's a smart speaker along with a router and it, it looks pretty cool. So one of the things they did was they made it this is one of the reasons i love google they made a router that is presentable a router that you want to show off like in my house i have a google home mini and it's right there in the middle of my tv right in front of the whole center of the room and it doesn't look out of place and that's what they did they said one of the reasons that they made this product is because a lot of people tend to hide their routers away because the routers look ugly and they don't want to show it off and that's true and so they made a router that is presentable and they, they made it have a multi-purpose by giving it a smart assistant along with it and making it a smart speaker. And so it's a really good product. However, it's like 200 plus dollars. It's a mesh network type uh, product. So if you live in a house where every time you feel like on the on the edge of your router, you need a and you have a mesh network. This is basically where it has different uh Wi-Fi hotspots in the house where it can reconnect and extend the range of the router. So it's a pretty cool product and I think it's pretty interesting. But again, the thing with Nest and mesh router systems is just the price point is like 200 plus dollars just to start off with one, one hub and the main router itself. Google also announced a new Nest Hub Max, which is basically your Google Home or Google Nest with a screen. It's pretty cool, it just has a screen. You can turn off the camera, you can leave the camera on, it's cool to make phone calls, that kind of thing. Think of the Facebook portal that was launched a couple years, uh, last year or so, and it's basically a Google version of that, except it's better because it has Google Assistant with it, and it can give you more information and all that good stuff. All the stuff you can expect from Google. They also gave more information about their Stadia, about Stadia, which is their gaming service. Um, it's going to be available on November 19th. They, other sh they also showed off what their controller is going to look like. It's a black controller. I'll still say I'll use if you play video games already and you're going to use this service. I'll say use your Xbox or PS4 controller over getting one of these controllers because there's no real point. The, those controllers are actually way better designed than the one that Google showed up, which basically the one Google showed off looked like a like a Nintendo controller refashioned for Google. But that's beside the point and then <clears throat> they also announced new pixel buds which is basically a direct competitor to apple's airpods but they look in my opinion because airpods still look like uh somebody put floss in your ears or something it looks way better than airpods in my opinion that's just i'm biased i don't i but that's just my opinion and it's, it looks like it's going to be pretty cool pair of headphones however another missed opportunity by google they're not launching that this year they're launching it next year 
And I was actually interested in that because I've been waiting to see what pair of truly wireless earbuds I was gonna buy. And this one looks like one that I would be really interested in buying. However, not launching it this year. So there's that. Then finally, the biggest announcement was their new phones. They announced Pixel 4 and Pixel 4 XL. And they come in 5.7 inch and 6.3 inch screen sizes respectively. And this was the largest news. They start at $799 for the smaller screen size and it's $899 for the largest screen size. So this was the biggest news. However, it wasn't exciting. It wasn't something that was mind blowing. They have some new features where it has a radar feature where if you approach the phone, the phone will know you're approaching it. And you can use air gesture controls on the phone, which is pretty interesting. It's also now no longer fingerprint to unlock the phone. It is now facial recognition to unlock the phone, which seems pretty interesting. It seems like their facial recognition is a little bit faster than Apple's, but we have to wait for the reviews to actually know if it is or if it isn't. And it also comes in a, 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 in one new color. It's kind of orangish, pinkish type of color. Uh, but overall, the announcement of the new phone was kind of a letdown for the most part. There were so many decisions google made where it was just kind of questionable it, it where they where they zigged where the entire industry is zagging so for example they now have two cameras on the back however instead of putting a wide angle lens like everybody else is doing and that makes more sense because everybody really wants more wide angle cameras than they do telephoto lens Google went the opposite way and put a telephoto lens on the back of the camera and basically said on stage that shut up we know more than you do they didn't say it exactly like that but that was basically what they were saying the guy stood up there and was like well we know that there are some cool things you can do with a wide angle lens but it's better to use a telephoto lens and basically just telling everybody that hey we know what we're doing and basically it's the apple model it's this is like what apple used to do back in the day where apple would just be like we know best we know what you need you need and we'll give you exactly what you need not what you think you need but what you need and we determine that on your behalf so don't worry you don't have to think about it we'll do it for you and that's what basically google did with this pixel launch and also the price point that they released that with their competition in android uh, it's very questionable for the most part i say that it's questionable just because of phones like the the um galaxy note and the galaxy s phones that came out and they start with a base storage of 128 gigs and six gigs of rams where google starts with 64 gigs and six gigs of ram and so and those phones were about the same price point and then you have phones like the oneplus coming out at 650 dollars they're about OnePlus 7 and OnePlus 7 Pro, about $650. And those basically have the same exact specs as the Google phone, but they're cheaper. And so it's just like this whole thing of like, y'all could have done a little bit better with your pricing, but I understand it at the same time. And then also when you compare it to the iPhone, you have the iPhone 11, which is what people are gonna compare it to directly, even though it's a better phone than the iPhone 11. That costs $699. Google's phone costs $799. Even though it has a better screen, possibly a better camera, nobody really knows yet. And it also has a 90 hertz display uh, refresh rate. If you don't know what that means, it basically means like every, every second, the frame rate on the phone is gonna refresh 90 times. And that's cool, that's really cool because that actually makes the phone feel faster. But the also other things, now I'm getting like really into the into the nitty gritty of it 
they also reduced the battery on it was small which is questionable so there are a lot of like things that make people like question the phone so it doesn't get you all the way excited for the phone but overall still looks like a decent phone still looks like it's gonna be the best camera you can get on a phone so if pictures matter to you this is probably the phone to get or you can just wait till next March when they come out with the Pixel 4a and that will be the one to get and that will cost about $400 and blow everything else out of the water and that will be the phone you would want to get so you could do that but anyway that's it that I got for them for the most part in this and I've been talking for 40 minutes I rambled a lot today I was gonna talk about some immigration news and how businesses are not happy with how immigration is being done in the US because it's prohibiting and making people not apply to business school and the fear is that eventually that's gonna cause a lot of rifts in how businesses operate because in case you don't know a lot of tech companies and a lot of business firms really rely on international students coming in getting h1b visas visas and working for those companies year over year there was a 14 percent drop from last year in the number of applicants to business universities and part of that is a lot of people who usually apply to those positions aren't applying because they are afraid of because of all the rhetoric that has been spoken about immigration from the Trump administration. And so a lot of students are worried that if I do come to this country to to study, will I even get any kind of sponsorship in any any way, shape or form? Or will I have to just be SOL out of luck when I'm here? And that's something that's I've experienced it through family members and all this kind of stuff. So I've really seen the pain of just trying to, after going to school, doing what you need to do in school, doing everything you can in school, and then you try to enter the workforce and you can't because there's just this huge bridge of just getting over the hump of who's gonna sponsor me to be able to be in this country, to be able to work, to be able to give you what I have inside of me. And so a lot of people who don't understand how immigration work, they always be talking all this nonsense. But most people are doing things that you are not going to do most people are not going to go for a higher level education whether it's a master's whether it's a phd most people are not doing that the general public is not doing that so the jobs that most immigrants are taking are jobs that you are not doing they're going to school doing a lot of research you think most of the most of the research research is not done by united states citizens just so let's just put that out there it's not done by united states citizens i was talking to one of my professors in college and he was really pushing for a lot of us to go back for our phds and we're like nah i want to make this money but he was like he made a good point where he was like 90 percent of my students are not united states citizens they come from other countries so one of the limitations that's happening is the restrictions on h1b visas visas which only provides about eighty-five thousand a year that is a low trash number so a lot of schools are asking for the government to put an end to that a lot of businesses are asking for the government to just put a stop to that so that they can be more attractive to good talent that are trying to get jobs here and all that good stuff so I wasn't supposed to go that deep into that, but it's something that I'm passionate about, especially with the immigration policies that are put into place, which a lot of them seem very arbitrary and very stupid, but that's besides here or there. We're going to finish out there and leave it on that note, because otherwise I could keep going. There's so many other things. There are some interesting news how there is a uni an online university in Italy where they have a program to help you become Instagram famous. Yes, there is school you can go to now. You can enroll in. It's an actual school course where they will teach you how to be Instagram famous. It's called eCampus and it's in Italy. 
but it's an online program so anybody can apply from anywhere and they'll teach you what it takes to have good jawbone to take very beautiful picture post it on instagram and give you yourself some money to be sponsored and become instagram famous welcome to 2019 but anyway <laughs> i'm gonna leave it on that note i hope you all have a great weekend and once again i want to say happy birthday to my boy wes Happy birthday to my sister on Friday. Have a little good time. Go out there and get you some something something nice, something sweet, something good. Eat you some a nice meal. Go out, have fun. And uh yeah, I'll leave it on that note. And happy anniversary to my mom and my dad, who are my heroes. I stand on the shoulders of giants, and that's how I'm able to be so high up and where I am today. Who are the giants you stand on? Give them love, show them love, shout out to them. And just continue to uplift them. But anyway, it's been your boy Kelechi. God bless y'all. And peace. I'll hit y'all up on the next one.